Chapter Sixteen of the Spirit of Bambatse by H. Rider Haggard. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Back at Bambatse, how they reached Bambatse, Benita never could remember, but afterwards she was told that both she and her father were carried upon litters made of oxhide shields. When she came to her own mind again, it was to find herself lying in her tent outside the mouth of the cave within the third enclosure of the temple fortress. Her feet were sore and her bones ached, physical discomforts that brought back to her in a flash all the terrors through which she had passed. Again she saw the fierce pursuing Matabile, again heard their cruel shouts and the answering crack of the rifles, again amidst the din and the gathering darkness distinguished the gentle foreign voice of Maya speaking his words of sarcastic greeting next oblivion fell upon her and after it a dim memory of being helped up the hill with the sun pouring on her back and assisted to climb the steep steps of the wall by means of a rope placed around her then forgetfulness again the flap of her tent was drawn aside and she shrank back upon her bed shutting her eyes for fear lest they should fall on the face of Jacob Meyer. Feeling that it was not he, or learning it perhaps from the footfall, she opened them a little, peeping at her visitor from between her long lashes. He proved to be not Jacob or her father, but the old Molimo who stood beside her, holding in his hand a gourd filled with goat's milk. Then she sat up and smiled at him, for Benita had grown very fond of this ancient man, who was so unlike anyone else that she had ever met. "'Greeting, lady,' he said softly, smiling back at her with his lips and dreamy eyes, for his old face did not seem to move beneath its thousand wrinkles. "'I bring you milk. Drink, it is fresh, and you need food.' So she took the gourd and drank to the last drop, for it seemed to her that she had never tasted anything so delicious. "'Good, good,' murmured the Molimo. "'Now you will be well again.' "'Yes, I shall get well,' she answered. "'But, oh, what of my father?' "'Fear not. He is still sick, but he will recover also. You shall see him soon.' "'I've drunk all the milk,' she broke out. "'There is none left for him.' "'Plenty, plenty,' he answered, waving his thin hand. "'There were two cups full, one for each.' We have not many she-goats down below, but the best of their milk is saved for you. Tell me all that has happened, father. And the old priest, who liked her to call him by that name, smiled again with his eyes, and squatted down in the corner of the tent. You went away. You remember that you would go, although I told you that you must come back. You refused my wisdom, and you went, and I have learned all that befell you, and how you two escaped the impi well that night after sunset when you did not return came the black one yes yes i mean maya whom we name so because of his beard and he added deliberately his heart he came running down the hill asking for you and i gave him the letter he read it and oh then he went mad he cursed in his own tongue he threw himself about he took a rifle and wished to shoot me, but I sat silent and looked at him till he grew quiet. Then he asked why I had played him this trick, 
but i answered that it was no trick of mine who had no right to keep you and your father prisoners against your will and that i thought you had gone away because you were afraid of him which was not wonderful if that was how he talked to you i told him too i who am a doctor that unless he was careful he would go mad that already i saw madness in his eye after which he became quite quiet for my words frightened him then he asked what could be done and i said that night nothing since you must be far away so that it would be useless to follow you but better to go to meet you when you come back he asked what i meant by your coming back and i answered that i meant what i said that you would come back in great haste and peril although you would not believe me when i told you so for i had heard it from the munwali whose child you are so i sent out my spies and that night went by and the next day and night went by and we sat still and did nothing though the black one wished to wander out alone after you but on the following morning at the dawn a messenger came in who reported it had been called to him by his brethren who were hidden upon hilltops and in other places for miles and miles that the matabili impi having destroyed another family of the makalanga far down the zambezi was advancing to destroy us also and in the afternoon came a second spy who reported that you too had been surrounded by the impi but had broken through them and were riding hitherwards for your lives then i took fifty of the best of our people and put them under the command of tamas my son and sent them to ambush the pass for against the matabili warriors on the plain we who are not warlike do not dare to fight the black one went with them and when he saw how sore was your strait wished to run down to meet the matabili for he is a brave man but i had said to tamas no do not try to fight them in the open for there they will certainly kill you moreover lady i was sure that you would reach the top of the port well you reached it though but by the breadth of a blade of grass and my children shot with the new rifles and the place being so narrow that they could not miss killed many of those hyenas of amandabili but to kill matabili is like catching fleas on a dog's back there are always more still it served its turn you and your father were brought away safely and we lost no one where then are the matabili now asked benita outside our walls a whole regiment of them three thousand men or more under the command of the captain maduna he of the royal blood whose life you begged but nevertheless hunted you like a buck perhaps he did not know who it was suggested benita perhaps not the molimo answered rubbing his chin for in such matters even a matabili generally keeps faith and you may remember he promised you life for life however they are here ravening like lions round the wall and that is why we carried you up to the top of the hill that you might be safe from them but are you safe my father i think so he replied with a dry little chuckle in his throat whoever built this fortress built it strong and we have blocked the gates also 
they caught no one outside all were within the walls together with the sheep and goats lastly we have sent most of the women and children across the zambesi in canoes to hide in places we know of whither the amandabili cannot follow for they dare not swim a river therefore for those of us that remain we have food for three months and before then the rains will drive the impi out why did you not all go across the river father for two reasons lady the first is that if we once abandoned our stronghold which we have held from the beginning lobengula would take it and keep it so that we could never re-enter into our heritage which would be a shame to us and bring down the vengeance of the spirits of our ancestors upon our heads the second is that as you have returned to us we stay to protect you you are very good to me murmured benita nay nay we brought you here and we do what i am told to do from above trouble may still come upon you yes i think that it will come but once more i pray you have no fear for out of this evil root shall spring a flower of joy and he rose to go stay said benita has the chief mayor found the gold no he has found nothing but he hunts and hunts like a hungry jackal digging for a bone but that bone is not for him it is for you lady you and you only oh i know that you do not seek still you shall find only the next time that you want help do not run away into the wilderness hear the word of manwali given by his mouth the molimo of bambatse and as he spoke the old priest backed himself out of the tent stopping now and again to bow to benita a few minutes later her father entered looking very weak and shaken and supporting himself upon a stick happy was the greeting of these two who with their arms about each other's neck gave thanks for their escape from great peril you see benita we can't get away from this place mr clifford said presently we must find that gold bother the gold she answered with energy i hate its very name who can think of gold with three thousand matabili waiting to kill us somehow i don't feel afraid of them any more said her father they have had their chance and lost it and the makalanga swear that now they have guns to command the gates the fortress cannot be stormed still i am afraid of some one who jacob mayer i have seen him several times and i think he is going mad the molimo said that too but why from the look of him he sits about muttering and glowering with those dark eyes of his and sometimes groans and sometimes bursts into shouts of laughter this is when the fit is on him for generally he seems right enough but get up if you think you can and you shall judge for yourself i don't want to answered benita feebly father i am more afraid of him than ever oh why did you not let me stop down below among the makalanga instead of carrying me up here again where we must live alone with that terrible jew i wished to dear but the molimo said we should be safer above and ordered his people to carry you up also jacob swore that unless you were brought back he would kill me now you understand why i believe that he is mad 
why why gasped benita again god knows he answered with a groan but i think that he is sure that we shall never find the gold without you since the molimo has told him that it is for you and you alone and he says the old man has second sight or something of the sort well he would have murdered me i saw it in his eye so i thought it better to give in rather than that you should be left here sick and alone of course there was one way and he paused she looked at him and asked what way to shoot him before he shot me he answered in a whisper for your sake dear but i could not bring myself to it no she said with a shudder not that not that better that we should die than that his blood should be upon our hands now i will get up and try to show no fear i am sure that is best and perhaps we shall be able to escape somehow meanwhile let us humour him and pretend to go and looking for this horrible treasure so benita rose to discover that save for her stiffness she was but little the worse and finding all things placed in readiness set to work with her father's help to cook the evening meal as usual of maya who doubtless had prepared them she saw nothing before nightfall he came however as she knew he would indeed although she heard no step and her back was towards him she felt his presence the sense of it fell upon her like a cold shadow turning round she beheld the man he was standing close by but above her upon a big granite boulder in climbing which his soft felt shones or hide shoes had made no noise for maya could move like a cat the last rays from the sinking sun struck him full outlining his agile nervous shape against the sky and in their intense red light which flamed upon him he appeared terrible he looked like a panther about to spring his eyes shone like a panther's and benita knew that she was the prey whom he desired still remembering her resolution she determined to show no fear and addressed him good evening mr mayor oh i am so stiff that i cannot lift my neck to look at you and she laughed he bounded softly from the rock like a panther again and stood in front of her you should thank the god you believe in he said that by now you are not stiff indeed all that the jackals have left of you i do mr mayor and i thank you too it was brave of you to come out to save us father she called come and tell mr mayor how grateful we are to him mr clifford hobbled out from his hut under the tree saying i have told him already dear yes answered jacob you have told me why repeat yourself i see that supper is ready let us eat for you must be hungry afterwards i have something to tell you so they ate with no great appetite any of them indeed maya touched but little food though he drank a good deal first of strong black coffee and afterwards of square face and water but on benita he pressed the choicest morsels that he could find eyeing her the while and saying that she must take plenty of nutriment or her beauty would suffer and her strength wane benita bethought her of the fairy tales of her childhood in which the ogre fed up the princess whom he purposed to devour you should think of your own strength mr mayor she said you cannot live on coffee and square face it is all i need to-night 
i am astonishingly well since you came back i can never remember feeling so well or so strong i can do the work of three men and not be tired or this afternoon for instance i have been carrying provisions and other things up that steep wall for we must prepare for a long siege together yet i should never know that i had lifted a single basket but while you were away ah then i felt tired benita changed the subject asking him if he had made any discoveries not yet but now that you are back the discoveries will soon come do not be afraid i have my plan which cannot fail also it was lonely working in that cave without you so i only looked about a little outside till it was time to go to meet you and shoot some of those matabili do you know i killed seven of them myself when i was shooting for your sake i could not miss and he smiled at her benita shrank from him visibly and mr clifford said in an angry voice don't talk of those horrors before my daughter it is bad enough to have to do such things without speaking about them afterwards you are right he replied reflectively and i apologize though personally i never enjoyed anything so much as shooting those matabili well they are gone and there are plenty more outside listen they are singing their evening hymn and with his long finger he beat time to the volleying notes of the dreadful matabili war chant which floated up from the plain below it sounds quite religious doesn't it only the words no i will not translate them in our circumstances they are too personal now i have something to say to you it was unkind of you to run away and leave me like that not honourable either indeed he added with a sudden outbreak of the panther ferocity had you alone been concerned clifford i tell you frankly that when we met again i should have shot you traitors deserve to be shot don't they please stop talking to my father like that broke in benita in a stern voice for her anger had overcome her fear also it is i whom you should blame it is a pleasure to obey you he answered bowing i will never mention the subject any more nor do i blame you who could not jacob Meyer. i quite understand that you found it very dull up here and ladies must be allowed their fancies also you have come back so why talk of the matter but listen on the one point i have made up my mind for your own sake you shall not go away any more until we leave this together when i had finished carrying up the food i made sure of that and if you go to look to-morrow morning you will find that no one can come up that wall and what is more no one can go down it moreover i may be quite certain in future i shall sleep near the stair myself benita and her father stared at each other the molimo has a right to come she said it is his sanctuary then he must celebrate his worship down below for a little while the old fool pretends to know everything but he never guessed what i was going to do besides we don't want him breaking in upon our privacy do we he might seize the gold when we find it and the robbers of it afterwards end of chapter sixteen